and welcome back to another episode of Undead Airlock, a weekly podcast dedicated to telling you which drapes will match your carpet the best. Just kidding. We're all about horror over here. Today, I have a special guest on the show, um, the lady, the myth, the legend, the one I'm always apologizing to when I swear when I'm not apologizing to my dad, my mom! Say hi, mom. Hi, mom. Ugh, everybody does that. <laughs> Every single guest I've ever had does that. <laughs> okay, I take it back. Hi. I think it's still funny. Oh, by the way, it's uh, this episode isn't just special because my mom's here. Um, it is our 10th episode. And, um, I mean, I don't want to say I didn't think I'd make it this far, but, you know. So you haven't been canceled yet. I haven't been canceled. The power... <laughs> Just, you know, I'm squeaking by. Whatever. <laughs> haven't been canceled. Haven't been, you know, haven't been horribly ridiculed enough yet to stop doing it either. Well, 10's a big number because it's double digits. Right, exactly. So the next milestone, I guess, will be 20 Tri- episodes. Triple digits. Oh, geez. Like, episode. I have to wait till episode 100 to be excited again. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It depends on whether you're excited about digits or... Yeah, that's true. Units of 10. All right, I'm going to say it now. For our 100th episode, we're going to have Stephen King on the show. Oh, I'll be here. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's shoot for the stars. If I can't get Stephen King, maybe I can get one of his kids to come, like Joe Hill or uh, who's the other King guy who writes scary stories? Oh, Owen. Owen King. Yeah, they just put out a book this year together. Oh. Joe I'm... Hill, one of his sons, changed his name so that people wouldn't just be like, your scary stories are just getting published because your dad's Stephen King. So, anyway. Do they write similarly to their father? In some ways, yeah. Well, I'm sure they had to have learned from him. But no, I think Joe Hill is unique from his father in a lot of ways. I mean, I'll have to read something. Surely Stephen's influence is there, but they're both great on their own, in their own merit. All right. As we all hope to be. But our wonderful parents do give us a lot of our talent. I'm flattering her. Yes. But it's true. She made me who I am. Well, this is all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) I accept full responsibility. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, it was probably around, was it Thanksgiving dinner? When we were- I think it was around Thanksgiving. Yeah. When I was talking about how I didn't have an idea for a show and mom had a brilliant one and I said we would have to do it together. So today we are going to be talking about local horror television hosts and just kind of what those are and what those have meant to people over the years and do they still exist? What are they all about? But before we get into talking about that, I feel like you guys need to get to know my mom a little bit. So mom, what kind of information are you comfortable disclosing to the internet? Everything. Oh, okay. So (laughs) how many times have you been convicted of murder? Um, just kidding. Convicted? <laughs> Convicted, yes. No. None. None. Exactly. So you're an attorney. I am. Okay. She's the one I ask about all of my, like, what does fair use mean? And internet-y stuff like that. She has me and my two brothers. What else? You know, what's what's going on with you? I know, but they don't know. Gosh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to have to talk <laughs> about myself. I thought I was going to talk about horror show hosts. All right, all um, right, all right. But I, if I had to say something about myself, I would say that I must have been a darn good mom. Oh, well, you know. Ha! I am impressive. Or at least Evan is. You know. (laughs) Chad doesn't listen to the show, so I'm just going to go ahead and hope that that's fine. I don't know which family members listen to the show. I do. Mom listens to the show. And, oh, and you and Dad listen to it on the way up to visit Evan in Chicago. 
We did. Had a long road trip to Chicago and listened to your podcasts there and back. Yeah. Um, oh, and you wanted to clarify that you raised me better than the language I'm using on the podcast. Absolutely. We never swore in front of our children when they were under 18. It's true. They didn't. I think I picked it all up in college along with the drugs and the alcohol. But what are you going to do? I guess we could just get right into it if we... Or we could talk about, like, your history with horror, you know? Because I just recently found out that you're way more of a horror buff than I had thought when, I guess I get it honestly, I didn't know that. Yeah, probably you wouldn't have been aware of it a lot when you were younger because I wouldn't have watched those movies with you. Rightly so. I say that on the cast all the time, but... However... Um, I did experiment with it a little bit with you. Um, I had you watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I hated that movie. And you were horrified. <laughs> I was. So evidently I pushed it a little bit too much because you were frightened. You were the one who got me that book with the green ribbon story in it, remember? Yeah. And like the scary stories to tell in the dark with the black and white illustrations. I think those might have creeped me out a little bit. Yeah, but... I've always loved horror and I think I... Um, I did experiment with it a little bit when you guys were younger, but you didn't like it. And then your brother saw Gollum, and that was the end of his peace of mind. <laughs> Wait, that was Chad, right? Yeah, that I, was Chad. I thought it was the alien from Signs. It started with Gollum. It started with Gollum, and then he saw the alien in Signs. See, I showed you that movie, too. Yeah, Signs was good. I liked Signs. I don't care what people say. I know that the internet has something to say about that. But yeah, my youngest brother is terrified of horror movies still. He was going to see, I think it was The Conjuring with some friends or something. And I He was 19, by the way. Oh, yeah, he was 19 when this happened. He And I didn't know he had gone to see movies, a movie with friends. He just showed up at my house at the door and said, you know, which is normal. They come over and they hang out, um, or at least they did before Evan moved to Chicago. And he came and watched Zoolander and fell asleep on my floor. We later found out that he had just gotten up after, like, the previews for the movie and totally left without telling his friends where he was going because he didn't want to watch a scary movie. <laughs> so he just came over to my house, which is only like a mile away from the theater and chilled out until his friends were like, dude, where'd you go? So yeah, the whole, the whole household is not into horror, but I guess mom and I are. Evan likes it too. I think he and I go and see most horror movies that come out together when yeah. we're in the same place. I think it's primarily your father and your younger brother who do not like horror. Yeah. In Although, any way. we did all watch Get Out, though. We did, but that's not a typical horror movie. No, but it's super good. I loved it. Yeah, and it's it's only frightening at the very end. I mean, you know there's some weirdness going on, yeah. but it's not really frightening till the very end. True, true. So, yeah, and I didn't think you were into horror because of that Pet cemetery story from when you were pregnant with me, right? And... Yeah, so I not only consumed horror from television, m movies, mm -hmm. but I was an avid reader. I read every Stephen King book, of course, Poe, any other scary stories. Some of the scary stories I enjoyed might be classified as science fiction, but... You guys, I get it so honestly. Are you hearing this? <laughs> it's genetic. Okay. But they're really horror stories. Right. Um, anyway, I was pregnant with you. Um, and I got the novel Pet Cemetery. Stephen King. Was it the first time you'd read it or were you rereading it? No, it was the first time I had read that one. Okay. I'm not sure when that came out. Me neither, but 
might be an Sometime interesting before I was fact born, to look up. Um, anyway, I I read it. It was it was scaring me a lot more than things normally do. I I suppose one of the reasons I really like horror is it doesn't permanently frighten me right. in any way. It's just fun for the moment. But I was so afraid um, that after I finished reading the book. Oh, you finished it. I did finish the book. <laughs> I wasn't so afraid to not finish it. But I finished the book and I made your father take it out of the house and throw it away somewhere away from our home. Because I d- didn't even <laughs> want the book in the house. That's how scared yeah. I was. I so. mentioned Pet Cemetery in last week's episode because of that, like, Wendigo creature that's living in the woods near the yeah. burial ground or whatever. Yeah. So was it the kid coming back not quite right? You're like, the baby's going to be I born not so. quite right or something? Yeah, yeah. It I had mean, something to do with the hormones. child. Yes, it was... But, it had to be um, hormones. And, yeah, it was more the the child. It was a... I think the little boy's... He's only, like, four or something. Yeah, he's pretty young. Yeah. I think they made a Pet Cemetery movie in the... They did. Like, I watched late it just recently. Or something? It was on... It was on TV not too long ago. I'm sorry. I don't know what TV is. Yeah. What what even is TV? TV. Well, I don't... Yeah, that's true. You watch everything on a computer screen, but... Yeah, I know. Maybe this is why, like, the horror host thing is not so much a deal. Of course, you have people like me, but, you know, now that we're not all consistently watching, like, the same TV channels all the time, you know... Right. It'd be kind of hard to, to yeah, have I think that sort of format. Yeah, a lot less sense of a local television community community kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. so for those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about when we keep saying the phrase horror host a horror host is a kind of television presenter that was pretty popular i would say between like the 50s through the 80s back when again that sort of local um tv culture existed they would present you know black and white horror movies sometimes like b horror movies goofy bad whatever that particular horror host shtick used to be on TV. And it's mostly, I think it is primarily an American TV tradition. I could be wrong. If I've got any international listeners, let me know. And there have been tons of them over the years. They've got different styles. They've got different things. You guys have probably heard of Sven I think that's probably one of the more noteworthy ones. Mom's making a face. She's... <laughs> because we're going to talk about one guy in particular who is not Sven but... um Anyway, lots of these shows had sketches. I mean, there were firm characters with actual casts, different things that the hosts did, um, you know, all sorts of interesting things associated with the idea of a local horror host. And all, all across America, you could probably talk to anybody in any state in any particular city, and they would have somebody that they remember being their local horror host. If they're old enough. If they're old enough, maybe not people <laughs> my age. But again, I do remember Sven Gulli being on, like, the CW or something like that. Yeah, he was out of Chicago. He still may be. His father started that show, and he took over after his Oh, yeah, father. no, I understand that it's been different people. Same with, like, Elvira has been a few different people, I think, too. Um, really? I thought it was obvi- the same old lady. Shut up, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's a vampire, right? Or something like that. She doesn't I... age. But according to my minimal Wikipedia research, that uh, it's generally accepted that actually the first horror host was Vampira from the Vampira show. Vampira. I don't actually know. Probably Vampira. Because I would... You're not welcome back on the show. It's it's Vampira, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway. uh, Her show featured mostly low-budget stuff because 
few horror films were really released for television broadcast in the early 50s. But it sort of set this idea in motion for these other horror hosts to come afterwards. Have you ever heard of someone named Zachary is apparently no, somebody from... No, I don't from... know that name. So in the 1950s, some of the notable hosts, I guess, were Vampira, Morgus the Magnificent. You weren't even alive in the 50s. I don't know why I'm asking you why, whether you know <laughs> of any of these people. That was mean of me. I've heard the name Vampira, though. Okay. That's why I know it's said that way. So, again, this format was especially popular from the 1960s to the 1980s. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, was probably one of the more widely recognized ones. Certainly for provocative looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, she recently was a judge on the holiday or the Halloween baking. Wait, what? Yeah. Which which baking show? Holiday Baking Championship. Oh, oh, excuse me. The Halloween Baking Championship on Food Network. Oh, neat. That's cool. Yeah. I was wondering if it was like the Great British Bake Off, which is no, the only no, baking no. show I recognize. <laughs> um, and, oh, and Mystery Science Theater 3000 probably falls into this category as well. Everybody knows them, and that's super fun. Yeah. You know, it's what we all aspire to be when we're talking about horror movies. So, let's see. In the 1960s, I'm trying to see... Oh, and the 1960s is actually where the star of our show today made his start. And that is Sir Graves Ghastly. I guess people don't really know. I mean, my family's from Michigan. Mom, you grew up in Detroit. That I was... was born in Detroit. I grew up a little bit outside of Detroit in Oakland County. And unbeknownst to me, but I found out over Thanksgiving dinner, Sir Graves Ghastly is the guy in Detroit. Kids who grew up in Detroit in that surrounding area... Everybody knows Sir Graves, which is the appropriate way to shorten it. He has a title. <laughs> Don't forget it. I got that on the car ride home. Queen's from work been today. involved, evidently. Yeah, he's been knighted <laughs> at some point. So go ahead and give us. I've got, I've got info on Graves, Sir Graves, as well. But go ahead and tell me about you know your childhood experience with Sir Graves and what that was all about. I don't know exactly when I first started to watch Sir Graves Ghastly, but when I was a child, there were only certain times of the day that you could consume content that interested you. Right. We're spoiled, y'all. Yeah, television was not dedicated to children. There was Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and late at night there were... Um, horror shows on things like that yeah. so so the television shows that were for children were just delicious yeah. because there was so little of it sir graves ghastly was one of those he had a three what i think was about a three hour show he would have skits there were other characters on the show i don't remember all of them one of them was a character which was clearly a person's mouth being shown upside down <laughs> with eyes and a nose drawn on the chin. That's funny. It was very funny. And so he looked like he was talking very strangely. You can try it in the mirror. See what yeah. that looked like. I feel like shows um, since then have definitely done that as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, Sir Grace Ghastly was very elegant. Not at all frightening, really. Yeah. Kind of a gentle soul. Although we're looking at a picture of him right now. This, you know, this was a creepy pose. It's oh, he a, looked the part. Absolutely. He's got the, a great mustache. One mm. wonders if that's real. I don't know. I'll post a picture on Twitter of Sir Graves. You really all should see him. It's a great character. It. The show began with him in his casket. 
And he would, like, rise up. And he and... would, yeah, the casket would open, and he would sit up and come out. Now, one of the other things that Sir Graves Ghastly provided was a outlet for your artistic side. We would draw pictures of monsters, and we would send them in. And they, and you would put your name on it and your age, and they would show the pictures. Oh, that is so cute. On television every weekend. Mm -hmm. And they would pan slowly across the pictures that the kids had drawn of various monsters. And Sir Graves, of course. Aw. And you could see your picture. Was he like. picture was on TV. Was he complimentary and sweet? Oh, yeah. They played some music, you know, some creepy music as they panned across our pictures. But that was also part of what made it feel like it was your community. Yeah. I guess the closest thing that I can sort of remember from my childhood is like Zoom, whatever felt, you know, like accessible. You would mail stuff in. I never did, but you yeah. know. Yeah. That's like a really nice thing that kind of doesn't. Yeah. Cause keep in mind, these are just kids from yeah. Detroit area that are sending these things in as far right. as the radio or to the local me, the, TV station. Yeah. The television signal reached. That's as far as it went. There wasn't cable television. There wasn't. Yeah. That kind of stuff. One wonders so. what a postal address for a coffin looks like, you know, yeah. <laughs> or like a castle in the middle of Detroit. I suspect it was Sir Graves Ghastly, the call numbers for the station that he played right, on. Right. <laughs> P.O. Box such and such, yeah. you know, he'll Detroit, pick Detroit, up... Michigan, 286, you know. You don't remember the zip code? Yeah. Um. Well. I can remember ours from Illinois, but 48462. Well, I'm just, it was some 48 something in yeah. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Sir Graves Ghastly was, of course, this character. He was played by Lawson Deming, who was an actor who was born in Cleveland, from Cleveland. He, let's see here, as far as his career... Oh, apparently he got his start because WJBK in Detroit had lost... Thank you. ...had lost their horror host, Morgus the Magnificent, a year earlier. And so... TV2, I guess, approached Lawson about filling a Saturday afternoon horror movie slot, and Sir Graves' big show was born. And it wasn't, it eventually did change names to just being eponymous with Sir Graves Ghastly, but I guess it started out as Sir Graves' big show. Yeah, I don't remember it being called that when I was a kid, but. Well, that was more about the character. That was only the first year that it was called that, so that was like right in 1960, I guess. And apparently, Sir Graves was the brainchild of. Lawson and his wife, Rita, who worked together to come up with this kind of tongue-in-cheek vampire guy named Sir Graves Ghastly. The mustache, the goatee, and do you remember his laugh, which was apparently like his signature move? Okay, oh, yeah. You wanna... I'm not sure I can do it, though. <laughs> yeah, like a very vampire yeah. kind of laugh, I'm guessing. Of course, it's just written out phonetically in my notes here. So, oh. Well, and so that one says, but that's not what it says on the Sir Graves Ghastly notes. It says, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I remember it more as that. Very vampire-y laugh. We've got some of the characters. See if you can remember. Oh, okay. So there was a sidekick named Baruba. All right. Who I guess wore a monk's outfit, so you couldn't see his face. And it was, like, the servant who did his bidding. Yes. But I guess, according to the notes, the most beloved character was the glob, whose face appeared in Moon Above the Cemetery set. The face was actually Sir Graves' upside down with an eyes. Thank with you. With eyes and a nose painted on his chin. <laughs> uh, the glob's main purpose was to lip sync silly parody songs. Exactly. Such yep. as I Want to Bite Your Hand. Yeah. <laughs> and Ghoul Days. Yep. yep. This show is adorable. Exactly. I, this is my dream job, pretty much. 
Um, there was Real McCoy, who I guess was a caretaker who dug up movies in the yard for everybody to watch at the yeah, beginning of the Yeah, at show. the beginning of the mo- show, yeah. Um, Tilly Trollhouse, who was a maid, I guess, who sounded like Bella Lugosi. Yeah, and I really only remember, I don't think they ever said Tilly Trollhouse. I remember Tilly. And then I guess Sir Graves had a cousin with a German accent named uh, Baron Bugaloff. <laughs> Which is... I don't think he was on every show. Well, yeah, probably not. Oh, and a ratings poll conducted in 1971 showed that, even though Deming's sense of humor was targeted toward children, that about one-third of his audience were adults. Not surprisingly. Right. Because this sounds charming as all get-out. Yeah, well, I watched him for years, and of course, the movies are horror movies, and everybody of all ages love those. Oh, yeah. There's something universal about it. It's because we're all deeply terrified of everything. Oh, geez, apparently in We Almost Lost Sir Graves, uh, in January of 1970, he missed a flight for a plane that ended up crashing and killing all nine people on board the small plane. So, and in the tasteless article that I've printed, it said, Deming nearly became a corpse for real in 1970, (laughs) which is a terrible thing to write, but that's okay. Sir Graves Gasly ran for 15 seasons in Detroit, which is an insanely long time for any TV show, let yeah. alone a local one. Um, Other than The Simpsons, like, you know, and oh, the local, and the news. <laughs> I, I was never allowed to watch The Simpsons. Of course not. That's trash. <laughs> I, snuck, I snuck it on anyway. It was number one in its time slot for almost all of those 15 seasons. Of course. Locally. WJBK also added after school or primetime Sir Graves specials. And several Halloween specials yeah. throughout the years. The undoing of Sir Graves, or rather what started a hiatus, was that they started televising sports at the times when his show was on TV. So then it went on hiatus and officially was canceled in 1983. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. Super bummer, because I would much rather watch this than sports, particularly like... Absolutely. Unless Caroline is playing. Then I'll sort of watch. <laughs> But only so that I can lord it over other people when we win. Um, but So that doesn't happen in football, really. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> you remember that year Michigan State and Carolina went to the NCAA championship. My mom went to NC State. I went to UNC Chapel Excuse Hill. Excuse me, I went to Michigan State. Oh, NC Yeah, Michigan State. I'm sorry. We're in North Carolina now. I don't know. Whatever. She went to Michigan State. Anyway, one year we were against each other in the NCAA, and I called her up at 1 o'clock in the morning to tell her to... I had, of course, gone to bed. Yeah, she was asleep. But they lost, is the important thing. Anyway, Lawson Deming, the actor, continued to do speaking engagements and appearances pretty much up until his death in 2007. He apparently loved interacting with fans of the Sir Grave show and just really enjoyed that character. And Yeah, I think he was so well-loved. Sort of an innocence about what he did. There was nothing that yeah. could be controversial. Right! Um, and, like, how fun to be a pillar of the community in that way would be, like, so rewarding, I would think, in having kids sending you drawings of monsters and stuff like that. How could you not totally love doing that? Sir Grace was also on in Cleveland, Ohio, Washington, D.C., I believe also in Maryland, and it was super popular there. It continued to do well. It wasn't like this was just a thing that people in Detroit liked and they, like, stubbornly dug their heels in. It was popular all over the place. I guess he had a catchphrase, happy haunting. We all aspire to have, like, yeah. a great little sign-off or catchphrase or whatever. I guess I've got boo, just kidding, but I don't think it's as good. Happy haunting's clever. And um, Lawson Deming lived to be 94. He died in 2007. Um, good long life. 
yeah. good, cool life. Yeah. He didn't start doing Sir Graves until he was in his 40s, I guess he was. I think he was in his 50s. In his 50s. He I could in his do 50s, that math Which in my head. I find inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's never too late to do something cool or something that you want, right? I mean, absolutely. Also, you never really have to grow up no. in some ways. No. Age is just a number. Yeah. Well, I suppose, really, if you are a vampire, you're probably well, just is, growing into your part in this your is 50s. True. He's supposed to have stopped aging, though, right? Whenever you're. I guess vampires are supposed to stop. They live forever, but if you were to look at any of the classic vampire movies, Vampires are not young. No, they're not. They're they generally look not young. Very old. If they're four hundred years old, they look old. Yeah. Unlike the Tom Cruise four hundred year old vampire. Oh yeah, the interview of the vampire. I yeah. only saw that like yeah. a couple years ago. I had read it, but yeah. I had, I hadn't seen None it. None of the classic horror films show vampires as young. Nosferatu's got Nosferatu has great skin. Not the. <laughs> Not the original one. Well, it's black and white. How can you... Well, yeah, he's pretty freaky. He's pretty freaky looking, and it looks old to me, but... Yeah, well, the whole bald and pointy-haired and whatever, it's not like, yeah. Old people are bald, not young people. We live in the era of pretty vampires now, so it's all... Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, because they need to bed somebody during the story, which wasn't happening in any of the movies... I mean, there was an innocent kiss. That's not kiss. true in Dracula. He's totally trying to bed He's trying. Whatever. He's kissing, even, but... Even though he's already got three vampire ladies hanging around his house. <laughs> it's just never enough. <laughs> can never have enough vampire ladies. Um, I'm always, like, wondering what the next, quote, sexy monster, unquote, is going to be. Mm, sexy monster. I don't know. Probably not. Creature from the Black Lagoon. He's a That's... little... So not true, though, because have you seen the previews for that new Guillermo del Toro movie called The Shape of Water? Yes, there is a water yeah, creature. Yeah, the sexy creature from the Black Lagoon. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly... Sorry, whoever wrote The Shape of Water. I know you won an award, but that is clearly the creature from the Black Lagoon. I mean, did Guillermo del Toro... I mean, I know he produced it. I don't know who wrote it. There's a, there's a novel coming there's out. An, it, but I it's think... not based on a novel. No, it was written, I think, after the movie became... Well, we need to I don't check know. this out. All I know because... is it's written by Peter Krauss. I know that the novel exists. Yeah. Um, it's a clear ripoff of the Creature from the Black Lagoon. And if you watch the original Creature from the Black Lagoon, he is in love with this woman who swims in her bikini off the boat. <laughs> it's the 1940s version, but... Yes, yes, yes. He's in well, love with her, and that's why he keeps coming around. Mm. He's just misunderstood, like all monsters. But what do you always tell me that Shakespeare said? I don't know. There's nothing new under the sun. Oh, yeah. Shakespeare didn't say that. Solomon said that. Solomon. Well, Shakespeare repeated it, maybe. <laughs> God said it. <laughs> I'm cutting all of this out. You're not allowed to be smarter than me on my own that's show. Um, but that's what Solomon said, and it's absolutely true. Yep. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm, so. Which takes the pressure off for me, really, having to come up with something interesting to say, because, you know, someone's probably already done this. Yeah. Better, yeah. stronger, faster, harder than I did. Yeah. But they didn't have my mom on the show. No. And and I'm going to have to get you I to, won't do it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to have to get you to draw up like a non-compete clause for <laughs> me. Right. For my own free show. That's but, right. I'll draw that up for you. I'm the lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you sign? No, you probably can't. You can't make your own legal forms and sign them, can you? Sure I can. Oh, absolutely. People write up their own contracts all the time. Okay. And then they come to me because things go wrong. <laughs> 
not supposed to do that in North Carolina, though, are you? Yeah, you can draw your own contract up. Oh, at your own peril, I guess. So, maybe it would be interesting if we could figure out how to play a little bit of Sir Graves' voice and stuff for the viewers, because... Or for the listeners, excuse me, this is not a real show. Um, so that, yeah, everybody can kind of see what we're talking about and what he's all about. Probably his laugh. Oh, yeah, if we could find his laugh, that would be good. Okay, we're going to pause the recording and see what we can figure out. necessarily i mean he takes things that are familiar about like horror and vampires or whatever but it's very sweet it was really cute and funny there was yeah, some screaming a, yeah <laughs> and a, i love the little rubber bat that goes lilting across the screen of course you guys can't see that but it was funny he did come out of a little monogrammed coffin there was a g on the side even and, when we were kids the movies there's something campy about the old right horror movies mm-hmm. and he was a little campy yeah but... but that's fun and nice you know and we were kind of when we were figuring that whole deal out there talking about how i mean what a nice thing it and it is memorable i'm sure for a lot of people it was very memorable because as a child then you didn't have Content streaming 24-7. Right. I couldn't pull up my favorite episode of whatever I want to watch on YouTube instantly on my tablet that I have with me in a Chili's. You know, it was different being a kid back then. No, you made a point to be at home on Saturday afternoon so you could watch Sir Graves Ghastly. And you made a point to get up early on Saturday morning so you could watch cartoons because those were going to be the only times. Yeah. You Otherwise, could see there's it. no cartoons. Yeah. You know, and then what are you going to do? Right. I guess. Well, any closing thoughts, Mom? I was happy to hear how long he continued to enjoy being Sir Graves Ghastly, far right. beyond when I knew 
him to have still been on television. I mean, by the time yeah. I was in high school, um, at the end of my high school years, he was off the television. Yeah. Or maybe it was at the end of college. But um, the fact that he was so well-loved that he had, it appears, another 20 years after that. Yeah, and that he enjoyed it so much. I mean, in a very, like, small, insignificant way, that's kind of what I like about this show is, you know... People ask me why I like horror, and I guess it's hard to explain because people often think of things like, you know, horrible, bloody, nasty, terrible things, and it's not like that. I've met some lovely people, and it's entertaining, and it's fun, and it's universal, and it can be, gosh darn it, it can be very sweet, you know, and nice. I think people like horror because we all have things we're afraid of, and horror has you dealing with your fear. I actually think it's a very constructive, healthy thing to engage in. And so much the better if someone repackages it for you, again, in an even more friendly way. Whatever, you step it down to whatever level you need it to be at. Like Sir Graves did. And like I hope we sometimes do here. But hey. Yeah, because, you know, Sir Graves Ghastly was playing movies from the 40s often. Yeah. You know, they were 35, 40-year-old movies. Right. They had probably lost their ability to truly frighten. I'm trying to... Yeah, that would have been like Universal Monster movies, a lot of the early stuff. Karloff and... Boris Karloff, um, Vincent Price. Yeah. um, Absolutely. Oh, you said there were like Godzilla stuff or Godzilla Weekends. Or was that separate from Sir Graves' show? So, um, that was on what we called... um, the four o'clock movie. Also, I think something that was pretty common around the country, you know, but we would get home from school and there was a movie on. Yeah. The four o'clock movie every afternoon. And they had themes. So sometimes one week it might be, I can't think of the name. One week it might be a Godzilla themed week. So you would see all the Godzilla movies. Other weeks, it might be Frankenstein, or it might be vampires. Now, of course, they had other themes that had nothing to do with horror that kind of thing. Things we weren't necessarily interested in as kids, but we knew what we would get the TV guide. We would see what was going to be on that week, and... Yeah, and you'd have to, like, actually... You'd plan your week. Plan your week. Absolutely. And what was the TV guide? Yeah. I vaguely remember the TV guide from my childhood, but, yeah. you know. So if the 4 o'clock movie was just going to be a bunch of you know, Julie Andrews movies we played outside. But if it was <laughs> But if it was gonna be Godzilla, we were inside. Was that subtitled or dubbed? Do you remember? Which the Godzilla movies. Because they were originally oh. Japanese. It was it dubbed. They over were dubbed. Any... Oh okay. Absolutely. Great. And when we played Godzilla out in the yard, even at ten we were like we made our mouths move not with the words we were saying. Yeah. Kinda like Godzilla. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> like in Speed Racer, too. Yeah. Only you people can't see us. We're do- we were doing it a little bit. And Mom was mouthing along with what Sir Graves was saying in that clip. But the, you know, draw yeah. up your blinds or pull down your blinds. He did something yeah, with your pull blinds. Pull down the shades. Yes. Curl up by your favorite spot by the telly. Yeah. He called it the telly, even though yeah. Detroit, yeah. you know. Although Sir Graves could have immigrated, I suppose. Because you can't get knighted in Detroit. He had to have come from... <laughs> 
had to come from somewhere else. Well, where do vampires come from, Hannah? Well, Transylvania. That's but, right. Like, they're European. I don't know what the knighthood <laughs> orders are like in Transylvania, you know? So clearly he made the move at some point. Yeah. Lucky yeah. he did that before the auto industry collapsed. <laughs> and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that was a golden era in Detroit when he started. You know, the 1960s was... A time when the city was pretty wealthy. Yeah. In terms, um, a lot of turmoil, of course, socially. Right. Um, but the auto companies were um, profitable and yeah, a lot of uh, times they are changing. Well, so. I guess that brings us to the end of another episode. Gosh, I forget what I usually say at this point. Stuff about, you know. Happy haunting. <laughs> right? Happy haunting. You know, I want this to be the best podcast that it can possibly be. So if you have any suggestions, if you want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up by email at, uh, gosh, what's my email address? Ah, hannahselector at gmail.com. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-S-E-L-E-C-T-O-R. Or on Twitter at hannahselector. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all of the podcast platforms, iTunes, Acast, Pocket Cast, wherever you happen to listen, we're there. At least I think we're there. And if we're not, let me know. We'll get there. Um, thanks to everybody who already has. I've been having a lot of fun on Twitter talking to you guys. You're all very sweet. And continue to be sweet. I guess the internet's not as evil a place as I thought. No. I mean, don't feel free to not prove me wrong on that. <laughs> That's right. I'll be sure to post something. Yeah. I'll call my lawyer. How about that? You know, now that you all know that I have one on blood retainer, which yes. sounds a lot creepier than it is. Yeah. Um, so as we come to the end of another episode, it is time once again for our Monster Masher sign-off, a set of lines from a horror movie, television show, book, comic, or video game that tell you how you can defeat the evil and get out alive. If you recognize the lines from this week's Monster Masher, let me know on Twitter, or if you have an idea for a Monster Masher, drop me a line and let me know, and we will make it happen. Thanks so much for listening, guys. The Oxygen Destroyer cannot be used! If we don't defend ourselves from Godzilla now, what will become of us? And what will become of us if a weapon such as I have now falls into the wrong hands? Then you have a responsibility that no man has ever faced. You have your fear, which might become reality. And you have Godzilla, which is reality. Until next time, everybody. (laughs) 